Hello and welcome to Two Girls, One Brew. This is a special interview and I'm so excited. Jamie and I got to sit down and talk with Betsy and Allison from Lady Justice Brewing in Aurora, Colorado. We got to sit down and talk about their amazing business and brewery and beers, as always. I'm so glad we finally got to talk. Uh, so... If, you, if you've gotten a chance to listen to our podcast, we like to focus on female brewers, females in brewing, uh, because especially now, uh, there's a big focus. And, and both Jamie and I actually came up with the idea of the podcast just sitting at one of our local breweries and going, you know what? Nobody talks about women in brewing. And, and everybody thinks a woman wants a Cosmo. Or some other frou frou girly drink, and it's like no, no peach or whatever you know, frou frouy drink. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I've I I am gonna kind of fangirl out on you that that I've been following you and following Lady Justice, and I was so happy to get to talk to you because I am I love watching your Instagram posts. Your posts are so like so positive and and like energetic. I get excited when I say, "Ooh, Lady Justice has a new post." <laughs> And that's all, Allison. That is what I do. You do an awesome job, Allison. Thank you very much. I've been doing it professionally for a long, long time. So oh, wow. that feels good to hear. <laughs> yes. And definitely, I <clears throat> I tell anybody that I can find. Uh, there was one day I was sitting with some friends at, uh, we have a motor works that just opened downtown. I was talking with some friends there and I was like, have you heard of Lady Justice? <laughs> and they're like, no. Well, let me tell you about them. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. So when you go to Colorado, you have to go there. Check it out. Yeah, I'm on their actually on their Instagram page right now. Yeah. Take a little look see. So I would love to hear what what made you start this? I love your message and I love the purpose of Lady Justice, but I would love to hear in your words, how did you come to this idea? Beer and and philanthropy. Lady J started as a a, a problem. A, well, it, sometimes it feels like a problem. <laughs> it started as a solution to a fundraising problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate and Jen, who are my co-founders, the three of us worked together. We were AmeriCorps Vistas together. So when you work at AmeriCorps, you're you're essentially a professional volunteer. And in the Vista program, you you do capacity building and fundraising for a nonprofit um, for up to two years. And so Kate and Jen and I were working um, with this really great nonprofit during the recession. And um, it was just so hard to find money for an organization that was actually doing something really great and it should have been pretty easy to fund. And um, so we used to grab a drink after work and honestly just complain about (laughs) um, how hard it was and how much we hated having to like constantly try to convince people that um, what we were working on was worthy of their money. And at some point, you know, I th- we think it was Jen. We don't really remember because we were drinking, but Jen was just we like. We put it on Jen and Jen's like, yeah, that sounds true. But she was just like, you know, like, why can't, why can't our beer money do this? She's like, look at this tap room that we're in right now. It is packed in the middle of a recession. Uh, we make $10,000 a year and we find money. Like we were on food stamps and we still would every like precious piece of money that we could scrounge up to spend on something, we would go spend it hanging out with each other over a beer. And so um, the idea was like, how do you, how do you funnel beer money 
into um, into your community and how do we how do we take our beer money and turn it into something else um, so that was the spark of the idea I don't totally remember not that I not to say that I was like plastered and don't remember it <laughs> it was just that like it was just one of those conversations and then like we went on talking about something else but stuck with Kate Kate um, Kate and Jen both after AmeriCorps they both went to law school in 2011. Mm-hmm. So they moved, they both each moved out of Denver, um, out of state. And Kate emailed us one day, Jen and I, and she was like, Hey, like, I've been really thinking about that brewery idea. And I was like, what brewery idea? But I went with it. And so she was like, I'm, I'm in this class for law school. I have to do this business plan. Can I just like, do you mind if I just try out this idea and see if I get any feedback? And Jen and I were like, yeah, sure. Uh, and she did, and she got a lot of really great feedback and started learning more about tax designations for social enterprise and all of this stuff. And so um, one thing led to another, and we were like, okay, well, let's try it. Um, they both moved back to Colorado in 2014 when they graduated from law school, and it just happened to be around the same time that I got laid off from my job. And so we had like a lot of time on our hands <laughs> to work on this, and we did. And um, we officially started brewing our beer and getting it out to our um, – our little beer member program in 2016. And then when did you open your tap room? Uh, uh, sort I of. signed a lease on March 15th, 2020. Oh. And um, Colorado shut down the state uh, on March 18th, 2020. Oh. We've been there just over a year. Professional COVIDs. It's oh. us. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's been really great, actually. Um it's been a lot, let, let's rephrase. It's been a lot of hard work, mm-hmm. um, a lot of hard work, but because we've always been small mm-hmm. um, and scrappy, I would say, all of us coming from this nonprofit background, I met Betsy, Kate, and Jen uh, also serving in AmeriCorps, and I just uh, married Betsy first, and then I, <laughs> and then I jumped in from nepotism, uh, but my background's <laughs> in marketing, and so... Um, I jumped in immediately and was like, let's buy the domain name and let's start a brand and like, let's do this work. And so that's been the back end work I've been doing. Um, But the big piece of that for us, we've been really fortunate. And I think the reason we pulled through COVID where so many wonderful businesses didn't have the opportunity to do so is because we were small and scrappy. So Mm -hmm. we didn't have a staff that we needed to let go. It was just us. Um, We didn't have a bustling tap room to worry about. We didn't, we've intentionally made the moves that we've made to protect ourselves. That includes all of us working full-time jobs on top of full-time running the brewery. That includes all of the things that we've done really slow stepping. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of it to our detriment, um, just mentally, physically, emotionally, but most of it for the good. Um, That, that piece really got us through. (laughs) When do you have time for yourself with the, with all of that? It's, um, so let's see, it's 4.30 now. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it does, right now, right now. There are some days where, I mean, like this this week is a perfect example. We had um, we had two festivals over the weekend and we had stuff going on Friday. And so like, I'll do my work week. Um, I'll work on Lady J evenings and weekends. And then I'll get back to Monday and realize, oh, like I actually haven't stopped moving in seven days. And so it's, every it catches up with me right like <laughs> and it's a lot harder to do now than it was five years ago that's for sure wow. um but you know we're we're 
making moves to to be able to pay me so that I don't have to work a full-time job. So hopefully Lady J will be the full-time job soon. And we have um, staff. We do have staff. We have beer tenders. So we have a tap room manager and currently two beer tenders who we pay to run front of house for us. So we're not having to do that as much anymore, which is really wonderful. We still do it. Um, like Betsy and I ran the tap room yesterday for a special event for the mm-hmm. day, but we chose to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, it's a little bit nice. better than yeah. panicking and during COVID um, that was kind of the kick in the pants we needed. I got COVID in September Oh gosh. and um, was very fortunate. I was getting tested for surgery and the test came back positive. I had no symptoms. I was completely asymptomatic, but we chose to do the right thing and close um, and get everyone tested and take two weeks and actually do that part. And during that time we were like, we should have staff. It was just like, ding. Um, and I'm so glad that that was the move that we made because it got us through winter mm-hmm. and into the season that we're in now, which is people ready to see one another and come in person to Lady Justice, we've had folks who are road tripping through who were like, this was our final destination. We can't believe we're here. Like, and I think, you know, I don't know if we would have gotten there if we didn't have such excellent staff. We have the best, the best team, just the best. I was also uh, just reading about your your membership program that you have that you've, you've sold out. That is so amazingly mm-hmm. awesome because that that seems to be what has definitely carried a lot of breweries through is to have these, like this, dedicated patronage of a hundred people, 150 people that are always there with you and you have your dedicated people that, that was so awesome to see that that was sold out. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that was sort of how we survived the beginning of COVID. Like we essentially been a to-go model brewery for our entire existence up until then. So when we opened in 2016, um, so we started with $20,000 that we raised through Indiegogo. Like that was the money that we started with. Um, because we, one, we didn't know if this idea was going to work of <laughs> giving all of your money away <laughs> when trying to run a business. And um, two, we didn't know um, if, if it was even legal or we were allowed to do it. Right. So, um, so we were super small um, and we didn't want to put ourselves into debt for us, for it. Um and so we uh, we did a crowdsource thing on Indiegogo. Our our goal was fifteen grand. That was enough to get us like um, the equipment we needed and a couple months rent on a space. And we ended up raising twenty, which was great. And um, so we opened up this little spot, and it was three hundred square feet. So we're like, well, we can't build a tap room. So how do we get our beer to people? So we set up. Um, we stole the community supported agriculture model that um, was really popular in Denver when we were Vistas, uh, the way that we could afford like fresh produce was the three or four of us who worked as Vistas together, pooled our money and bought a farm share. And so we would get um, the produce from that every month in the summer. And so Kate was like, what if we just stole that CSA idea that we used to eat off of? Um, so we did, so we sold memberships up front. So that gave us all the money that we needed ahead of time to buy equipment or, um, to buy the ingredients and all that. And then, so we knew right away how much money we were going to have left over to donate. Um, and at that time we were doing 100% of our profits over cost was going right, right back to nonprofits. And, um, 
so that's who we were for our first three years. Um, and, you know, it's funny, like we didn't know if it was going to work. And I remember the first day that we put those memberships on sale and our goal was 75 and we, we hit it, like we hit it immediately. And I was like, okay, people want to do this. This is cool. So we just kept growing. And actually in April of 2020, we launched um, our CSV to sort of like get us through COVID. And we ended up with 350 members, which is the largest we've ever had. Um, it was then, hard. Yeah, I <laughs> Back this year, went back to 150. Um, and we'll, we'll probably keep it pretty small for a while. Um, and that's still how we donate most of our money out of. Uh, we still, we do the math in a way that lets us still um, be able to afford to do our memberships. Mm-hmm. So uh, we still do 100% of profit over cost from those membership sales go right out the door. Um, and that's sustained by our tap room sales. In addition to that is how we're able to make that work. And the difference there in comparison to when we started is we were doing truly micro grants. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those orgs got $75 from us when we started. And this year uh, we had two organizations split $8,000. Wow. So it grew that's awesome. exponentially. And that's due to having a tap room. So it was a big mission realignment for us at the start of 2021 with our new memberships where we thought, okay, we need to make money so that we can pay ourselves starting with Betsy like that was the plan and we need to keep giving to the community and so it was us sitting down as a team and going through kind of like a mission rework of how do we do both and that's what we came up with so the CSB membership model will continue giving 100% of proceeds to organizations that benefit women and girls in the state of Colorado through grants Mm -hmm. and then the tap room will partner through the fabric of how we function so it'll be collaboration brews volunteer opportunities um letting folks come in and table like all sorts of different things partnerships um finding smaller organizations to donate to. So like we just, you know, we're a queer owned brewery. And so we did pride month and did collab brews with dollars going out the door to queer organizations, things like that. Yeah. Continue in the tap room in the spirit of giving so that when folks come in, most likely the beer they're drinking is changing a life is the way that we like to word that. That is beautiful for each brew that is going to a cause. Do you necessarily think about, well, this cause makes me think of this. Like, do you think of your brews based on what you're giving the money to? Or do you think of like, okay, IPAs are a really good seller and we'll get more money out of that to give to this organization. I just want to know what your your creative process was. So it happens both ways. And it really sort of depends on um, the organization and how it came to be. So like a recent example, our mural, we have a really beautiful mural in our tap room of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Marsha P. Johnson, and Dolores Huerta. Um, and that mural was painted by Chelsea Lewinsky, who's just this amazing mural artist that we just were lucky enough to meet early on in her career. Mm-hmm. She's since like just taken off. Um, <clears throat> and so when, when we brought Chelsea and to do that mural, we did a collaboration beer with her. And so um, we had her, I was like, what kind of beer do you like? What kind of flavors do you like? What do you want to see out of this beer? And then we let her design the label, which was really cool. Um, Another one that we did right at the beginning of COVID is um, a friend of mine, Jen Cordy is a musician in town and she wanted to release a new song and she wanted to involve Lady J with it. So we did a beer that she designed, like she, again, like what kind of flavors do you want to drink in a beer? Like what beer would make you happy? 
And then we used the label, had a UPC, uh, no, QR code, QR, code. On it, QR code on it. And so the way that you got her single is you had to go buy a six pack of her beer from Lady J and then download it with QR code. And so like through that process, it's really about collaborating yeah. with the folks and saying, right. you know, like, what do you like to drink and what makes you happy? Um, other times it's stuff that maybe we don't have enough time to really flesh out a full um, collaboration idea, but I can say like, hey, like this beer sells really well mm-hmm. and it'll bring people in. Um, let's just get you some money and like have fun with it. So it, it happens. Um, there's no one certain way that we do it. I, so interestingly, the way that Betsy's describing this, because no one's ever asked her that before. So congratulations. <laughs> um, classic. Why ask, why ask her how she brews? Um, Betsy is also a incredibly talented songwriter and musician. Oh, um, awesome. and that's all taken a deep back seat since we bought a tap room, but um, it's a very, the way you just described that is a very similar process to how you write music where people are like, does the melody come first or do the words come first? And you're like, both, I don't know. <laughs> One of them comes to you and then you're up and then you do it. And... <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I, maybe this might have to change if Lady J keeps growing the way that it is. But right now um, there's a lot of creative freedom for me to just brew what feels good. Right. Like, the other day, the other day, it's been like two months ago at this point. I really, <laughs> Time's not real. I really wanted to like taste through some like really amazing pale ales, right? Like I just was like craving a good pale, pale ale. And like my personal opinion is that Sierra Nevada pale ale is the perfect beer. And it's the reason why any of us are here today. <laughs> yeah. And so, I agree. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a good beer. And so I was like, I want, I want, I want to drink this here in Nevada right now, but I also like, let's, let's do a little beer panel. And like, I want to drink through some pale ales. So I walked up the street. We have a liquor store just for like a block away. So I walked up the street and I like went in there and I was like, where are all the freaking pale ales? Like what happened here? There was four brands of pale ales. That was it. It was Sierra Nevada, um, Sweetwater, Upslope. And I don't remember the fourth one. And I like took a step back and I like realized I hadn't been in this liquor store very much at all during COVID, which is hilarious because I think most people lived in the liquor store. <laughs> when you bring your own beer, you don't have to go to the liquor store. Yeah. So I took a step back and I realized that like the the shelf that used to like half hold seltzers was now like three fridges long, right? And so I was like, okay, like seltzers are taking over. That's not new and that's not bad in my opinion, but I was like, we were losing pale ales to seltzers. Mm -hmm. So then I had this big like existential crisis and I was like, where she's understating when she walked in the door (laughs) and she was like, Hey, where the hell are the pale ales? And I was like, in our home, I I can go look. And she was like, no, like in the store, I went there and didn't see it. She threw a full on fit. I I texted a friend of mine who's a beer writer and who like studies like style history and I was like dude what is what's happening to the pale ales <laughs> and so uh and so because of that I went and I brewed like two pale ales like immediately back to back um yeah. so I was like I'm gonna bring them back I'm gonna do this like I'm gonna make <laughs> again and so like you know stuff like that will happen um so there's a lot of we have a lot of room right now to just be creative and throw it out there and see what happens because our tap room is still pretty new yeah um we have a core line that we do stick to that um people are always looking for and really want. And um, something that COVID changed for a lot of breweries is it forced 
a lot of us into packaging and distribution in a way that we weren't expecting. So we're canning more, we're distributing more. Um, so we do have to pay attention to sales and we do have to pay attention to what's popular. But in the tap room, I'm just like, I'm going to brew what I want to drink. And like, I hope other people will join me. <laughs> Speaking of distribution, um, where do you distribute? Like if I wanted here in Orlando, will we be able to find your beer yes. in Orlando? And where? So we distribute ourselves. Um, and right now, under self-distro laws, we distribute in the state of Colorado. It's just Betsy and I driving around and dropping them off at liquor stores. And then we distribute through Bev.com. And the states that we distribute to are Alaska, Connecticut, D.C., Illinois, Florida, Maine, Missouri, New York, Pennsylvania. And so those nine states can get Lady Justice beer. Um right. The hard part for us is right now, um, again, that speed of scaling up really quickly when we just opened was a real thing. And so we had a mobile canning line coming in the door for a period of time, basically all through COVID. And then two months ago, Betsy and another queer owned, woman owned, brewer owned brewery here in Colorado, Gold Spot, um, Calissa and Betsy went in on buying a canning line together. So we're now just kicking off our own canning program and in that coming up with a schedule of getting some more beer canned more regularly to get more shipments out the door mm -hmm. um, so that's definitely a part of our thought process and it's us shipping the beer so kate okay. the other co-founder um comes in on saturdays when we get a bev order and ships it all out herself so you're getting a hand shipped <laughs> wonderful yeah. package from Kate. We're throwing in any goodies we've got around the tap room at the time. Maybe you're getting spare labels. I don't know. Treat yourself <laughs> like you're going to yeah. get something special. So if Kate has had a beer while she's packaging up your beer, you might get a love note. <laughs> you <laughs> might get, you're getting something. So. Now, a portion of the, uh, now do you still donate a portion of those orders to charitable causes? You to know, at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, we don't have, um, so like, like I was saying, like the chunk of money that we have to donate out comes from our membership sales. But then on top of that, we have throughout the year, all sorts of stuff that we support. And all of that comes out of just like our regular beer sales. Mm -hmm. So um, the money that you would spend at Bev, B-E-V-V.com, by the way, um, the money that you would spend to get like a 12 pack sent to you on Bev, a little, a bit of that is still gonna go out the door to organizations. Um, It'll just be a lot of that money is um, stuff that we save for like when people email us and they're like, hey, like we have this really great thing that we're trying to do. Can you help us out or. Um, and those emails like are at this point coming in daily. Um, oh, wow. So we are sticking yeah. with mission aligned items. So um, working with women and girls and we mean that in the greatest and largest capacity that we're able to do. Um, so, for example, yesterday, Betsy and I worked the top room and a dollar from every poor went to the organization Asians Are Strong. And they're solely out of California right now, but it's focused on working with the AAPI community to teach bystander intervention training and self-defense. So like right. that's something that will affect women and girls. We're going to work with that. Yeah. Um, we spent all of Pride Month working with Queer Asterisk, Transformative Freedom Fund, and Youth Scene. So like those are local Denver organizations that are working with queer, trans, BIPOC youth, um, all across the board, all different types of things. So if it's mission aligned, we're most likely going to find a way to give to it. And it can be something small. It can be, Hey, let us help you. Now that we're in this, I don't, 
I don't like the term post-COVID because COVID is very much still very real, but um, we're in this um, post six foot land. Um, We're having folks come into the tap room more regularly. So we're working as a team constantly to figure out how do we host events? What are the different ways we work with folks? Um, If someone reaches out and says, hey, I want to partner and they're not looking for a nonprofit, lean, we always think, how do we make a nonprofit lean? So like mm-hmm. we did a food, tr- the food truck yesterday was the reason that we kicked off. Let's do a donation out. It was like, how do we pair with something? So we asked the owners of those companies, Hey, is there something that means something to you that we can partner with and stick both our names to? So we're always thinking of that at all times. Um, and some folks don't want money. Some folks want to come in and talk about their thing and, mm-hmm. Come on in, babe, set up a table, bring your friends. Like you can talk about your cause. Um, We're happy to do that all the time. (laughs) That is is one of the things I loved about reading about just the environment. I wish we were closer. We would go up there. I know. It just seems like such a wonderful environment. And and on top of it, beer. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's, you know, part of our slogan. Our slogan is great beer, better world. And that means Mm -hmm. a lot to us. So like step one is making sure that our beer is really good. And step two is it's making the world a better place. And that's like, if we're not hitting that mission, we're not doing, we're not doing what we said we were going to do. Is there a link on your, I'm on your social media and I'm actually on BEVV.com just checking out. Is there a way that if you wanted to donate money just out front, like I say, I want to place an order, but I want to add an additional amount towards your, your, your lump sum to put towards a charitable cause. Is there a way to do that? We're talking about it constantly because we're trying really hard to be really good with our back-end finances. Shout out to Laura, who's going to listen to this. You're welcome. (laughs) Thinking of you all the time. Uh, But we're looking at, um, right right now we have our COVID donations set up on our site, and we'd like to fit, it's something we're thinking about. Like, we'd like to set up a spot. We had folks come in yesterday who were like, hey, I don't need another beer. How do I give you more money? Um, Just like, you can buy me a beer. That's exactly (laughs) what we said. We're like, buy Betsy a shift beer, right? So... Um, keep a lookout for that. We're talking about that as a team because that is something folks want to do. Though we're not a nonprofit, um, we'd like to figure out a way that like, where's the pot of money that folks can give that they know it's going to be spread out to this. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. I would say like the best thing to do right now is if we mention a group on our Instagram, just go donate to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, directly. Our feelings are not hurt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now we're, we're unfortunately like, because I'm on the free channel. Um, we're running out of a little bit of room, but I do have some important, somewhat, uh, you remember, uh, inside the actor's studio, how they always had the same questions we always ask. So how long have you been brewing? I've been brewing for, shoot, 10 years. Last. What was the first brew that you made? (laughs) And was it good or did it suck? Oh, it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) played <laughs> was with my best friend Josh, and he brought over his Mr. Beer kit that his brother had given him, and he's like, "Let's try this thing," and we did, and it was not good. I don't <laughs> even remember. I don't remember what it was. I feel like, like it was amber, like an amber. Yeah, yeah, an amber. Oh, yeah. I have memory. It was bad. It was really bad. Now this is for both of you. If you were stuck on a desert island, now you will be rescued. I always have to caveat that you will be rescued in a few hours. What beer would you want to be stuck with? Sierra Nevada Pale <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Lady Justice La Maestra. It's a margarita goza. Ooh. Um, salt, lime. Okay. Very, Very good. 
Uh, what is the most experimental beer you've made? Partisan fire. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I will oh. never forget about it. Okay, yeah. So I had a friend who was like, "Hey, can you brew? Um, can you brew a Rausch beer, which is a smoked mm-hmm. beer?" And he's like, "You put rye in it, which is really great. Rye is actually a wonderful grain to brew with, but it does it's stickier and it's a little bit spicier." And I never brewed with rye, and I never made a Rausch beer, so I was like, "Yeah, let's do this." And we did, and it we called it the Partisan Fire because people either loved it or they hated it. I was on Club Hate It. Oh, um, that it sucked. Was, <laughs> it was really funny. I try not to like genderize our drinkers or like their preferences, but it was almost all men who told me they loved it, and all women who told me they hated it. And so I don't know. I don't know what that. I about. will say I'm from Milwaukee, and um, I had folks over for a cookout and I used the Roush beer to uh, parboil brats in and then grilled them. And people were like, God, these are smoky and good. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I basically shoved charcoal inside of them. Do you like it? <laughs> yeah, That beer. Nice. Uh, what challenges have you faced as a female in the brewing world? <laughs> uh, you know, it's the same challenges that women face in every, um, every space that they're in always um just the the challenge to be seen as an equal the challenge to be believed about the work that we're doing um and really that for us specifically as lady justice the challenge has been how to toe the line between supporting the women in our industry and being able to um be leaders and how to do it differently while also um while also like being tired of it all of the time so um, yeah, so it's, it's for Lady J, we're insulated from a lot of the crap just because we are um, woman run and our, our taproom crowd is pretty wonderful people who mm-hmm. are very respectable. Um, but we have a lot of friends who don't work for Lady J, a lot of women in the industry who have experienced some pretty horrific stuff. And so we're doing what we can for them. Um, so for us, it feels like we're sort of in this special position where we because of just who we are and our mission, we have permission to sort of face this and challenge it head on in a way that is more protected than than women who, who aren't in these sort of privileged positions that we're in. But let me be clear, um, I will say anytime that we get large media coverage, um, it's the, the worst. Trolls, so, trolls are good. Yeah. I think sometimes yeah. people feel like they, they need so much attention, even if it's negative, they're gonna, they, that's just their call for attention. Yeah. And it doesn't have to have any substance or meaning behind it. It's just yelling into the wind for no reason. Yeah, it rarely has. If you want to take a good, yeah, a quick look at that would be if you look on YouTube and you search how to brew beer when you have big boobs, you'll get one of Betsy's talks that she gave um, in Boulder in 2017. Um, So end of 2016. Um, And we kind of addressed that topic head on. Yeah. Having having just started home brewing and having big boobs, I sympathize with that completely. Yeah. So my last question: What do you feel is the most overrated beer style? Oh man, here we go. <laughs> Time left three minutes. Before. <laughs> Let the diatribe begin. Um, okay, so I'll just say it. I hate, I hate the smoothie. These like smoothie beer sugar cereal things that people are trying to make and drink right now 
beer that explodes in the can uh, is not a good product in my opinion. And I think, I, I hope that people get over it really quickly. I was into them to when they came out mm -hmm. um, because I like fruit and I like beer and I thought, what a fun combo. Um, until I had a beer that I tried to pour from the can and it got stuck. It was so gross. It was so <laughs> gross to me that that's when I was like, oh, nope, yep, I hate this. Uh, thank you so much. And so I would agree. I would say before that for me, like a triple, quadruple IPA, no one needs that. No one needs that. We don't need to be... So, you know, we're going to get all the hate sucking. comments. I know, here it comes. <laughs> but, like, sucking down a hop oil is not a beer, man. Mm -hmm. Like, no. give me something carbonated. Give me something I can have more than one of. Please and thank you. And I can't do that with a quadruple IPA. A, because I'll be wasted. And B, because it's killed my palate for the night. Yeah. I think that is yeah, the wrong. biggest thing about the IPAs that I don't like is that once you have, like, even if you take a couple sips off of somebody else's, You've ruined your yeah. palate for everything else. It's like, but I yeah. was having a nice pail. I was yeah. I, awesome. Thank you so much. It was so great Thank talking you. to both of you, Betsy and Allison. Yeah. I, and yeah. if you are anywhere near Colorado in Aurora, right? Yeah. Go to visit Lady Justice or check them out and you can get something sent to your house. I will be, we will be yeah, definitely getting something sent to our houses. We will be. Yeah. Give me, wait about a month because I'm about to, can a whole bunch of great stuff. okay our inventory is pretty low right now <laughs> i will wait until you tell me cool. and thank you for yeah. all you've done with americorps and just all the volunteer work i'm a volunteer as well it really does feel wonderful to give back so i want to just commend you guys for what you're doing it's just gives me chills <laughs> i'm gonna get teary-eyed but Ugh. thank you for what you do like really it means the world that you're thank you both so much for having us yeah. yes and and fo definitely follow Lady Justice on follow Instagram. Them. They're so yes. positive and so wonderful. Please follow them because they are s they just make my heart sing when I open my Instagram. The mural is gorgeous yes. too, by the way. Yeah, check out Chelsea Lewinsky. We have merch with her on Chelsea's website. Yes. And your website is awesome too. So thank you both very, very thank much. And we love it. talking to you. And best of luck. Good luck. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Yes. Awesome. yes. Thank yeah. you both. Thank you so much for joining us. And as always, ladies, don't, don't fear, fear the, the beer. beer.